action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. And there are two easy ways to do that. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. Again, SFDiocese, hashtag ignition. Uh, Father Dickinson is uh, not with us this week. Instead, I have another illustrious guest co-host, Renee Leach. Hi, Renee. Hi, Chris. It's been about a year since we recorded an, uh, an episode with Ignition. Renee, where have you been? I've been desperately trying to avoid you. <laughs> <laughs> Renee works here at the diocese, and that's what explains why she's been running from me in the hallway. Hi, Chris. So, but I corralled you, and here we are. And what Renee, are going, Renee and I are going to talk about today is actually, I'm going to talk, ask her some questions about one of her favorite topics, chocolate. Oh, yeah, we can talk about chocolate. <laughs> Red wine, too. Red wine. <laughs> no, no, Father Dickinson and I have done many, we're going to talk about secret scripture. Um, and, and for regular listeners to Ignition, uh, you know that Father Dickinson and I uh, have an ongoing series in which we look at various books of the Bible. We begin with the New Testament, and we have gone through uh, St. Paul's letter to the Romans. So first, first Corinthians is going to be coming up in a few weeks, actually. Um, and we've talked before about scripture study, uh, and and we've talked about praying with scripture. Uh, but Father Dickens and I, he's a priest. I'm a doctorate, doctor of theology. Renee brings, I'm talking about Renee in the third person. I'm talking about you in front of you. Okay, okay. <laughs> but Renee brings, um, and, and the reason I want to talk about this with her, with you, is because you bring um, a passion to this, but not as a specialist, um, as somebody who is simply a committed follower of Jesus Christ and in through his church. Uh, and so that's why I want to talk to you. And you and I, I mean, <laughs> Renee and I have talked about this a lot. And, and, and I just know from conversations we've had that this is something that's exciting to you. So my first question to you, and you can redirect, you can punt, we can do whatever you want because it's an interview. <laughs> so good interviewers just evade the questions. That sometime. means you're at my mercy. Is it does. It? That's true. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Why is scripture, why do you, you have, tell me about your love for scripture. Um, my love for scripture started when I was a very young girl and, um, I grew up Protestant and was, um, my formation, um, had to do with Bible stories and, and making, um, the connection that Jesus was my friend and Jesus was with me all along. And then as time goes on, you begin to realize as an adult that within scripture, um, is a love letter, a living love letter, um, to you from God. And it's just as relevant um, now as it was then. And the more that you read it and the more that you delve into it, um, for me, it changes. So it, a, a certain verse might say one thing to me at one point in my life. And then when I go back and I read it, you know, five years later, there's something more and there's something more deep in there for me to contemplate and think about and pray about. So I kind of want to take that a little bit in order, the the, the, the answer you gave and unpack the, the parts of it, starting with the beginning. So you talked about how when you were as a child going growing up, um, 
scripture stories and so on. So was that primarily at church? Was it at home? Was it both? Like, um, Primarily at church. Okay. Um, the Sunday school classes were all Bible story based. Um, and the songs that we sang were all um, scripture based. And um, and then the books that we that were in my house growing up as a child, there were five children um, in our home when I was growing up. Um, there were Bible stories, and and my I was I was blessed to be raised in a family that was very faithful right. to their church. Okay, so say a little. Well, is there anything more to say about that in terms of how did that? Because a lot of people grew up in that. In a home where, so why, any idea why that love sunk its roots more deeply, the love for scripture sunk its roots more deeply into you as a child, as a young person? Any any idea why that is? I'm, I'm a natural born rule follower. And so for me, I want to know what the rules are. Mm. And um, I don't like to, I never like to have to figure out things on my own. I always wanted to know, well, um, what is the right way to do things? What is the best way to be? And, and how can I be the best person that I can be? And we were just taught from a very early age that the Bible is where you go to find that information find out. Uh, did you, as a child, have any, any favorite stories, any favorite books, any favorite passages that stuck out to you? Well, I was a very small, small person growing up, so the story of Zacchaeus was always my favorite. <laughs> okay for, for vertically challenged people the story of Zacchaeus is yeah, yeah. Uh, so what is the story actually for those who might not recall uh, well the story is is that uh, he was a small man and and uh, Jesus came to town and in order for him to be able to see and get away from the crowds that followed Jesus he climbed up into a tree and Jesus noticed him in the tree and called him down and Jesus went and dined at Zacchaeus's house. And so what else was he besides short in stature? Do you remember? I tax don't. Tax collector. He was a tax collector. And he and people, oh, See, it was, people were scandalized. It was more important to me yeah, then he, that he was short. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he was scandalized. Uh, be, that people, people were scandalized that Jesus was associating with this tax collector. And, and Zacchaeus pledges to give in response a bunch of his money. Four times, right, pay back what? What he had taken from people. Because tax collectors would, you know, they, well, I'm supposed to collect, you know, 20 bucks for this. I'm going to collect 40 because I'm going to line my pockets with the difference. Yep. And he, out of his own funds. Can you imagine his wife <laughs> when he brought Jesus home and then he ex informs his wife, I've met this man and he's, um, we think he's the Messiah and I'm going to give away all of our money. And... I, I, as a, you know, I, I think. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I always thought of him as, as a single man because he was a scoundrel, but maybe, you know. <laughs> what woman would have married a man like that, Renee? A woman who liked money, maybe. Oh, well, maybe. That's true. Yeah. Which, so, which is why she'd have been so appalled <clears throat> oh, that he yeah, was giving right. away all of his money. Yep. Yep. So that's you as a, as, as, as a child. And then you talk about how as an adult, this love continued to deepen. Um, and, and early on in adulthood, you entered into the Catholic church and over time you've studied scripture, um, now as a Catholic, it, how is it different, good or bad could be bad in some way. Um, how has it been different for you reading the Bible as a Catholic? 
I don't know if it's so much as a Catholic or as um, be, because I don't any, I don't know any different. I sure. I'm it's just Renee reading the Bible. Right. I think it has more to do with um, my journey through life and the things that I've experienced and when I have turned to the Bible to look for answers and what I have found, um, what I am discovering, because I work for the diocese, I'm surrounded by people who have a lot of knowledge about the Catholic faith and scripture. And and that's a huge blessing for me. Uh, Dr. Burkwald, you're one of those blessings. Um, but what I'm discovering as I continue to read and grow in, in on my faith journey is that just picking up and reading the gospel, um, as beautiful as it is and as meaningful it is and how um, there's so much there that you can pray over, um, if you don't understand the background and if you don't understand the culture and if you don't understand the Old Testament and the covenants um, and the prophecies of the Old Testament, you miss out on some of of the beauty of of the New Testament. Um, it's so easy for us to read um, the Gospels and say, you know, boy, those um, those disciples were sure boneheads because they completely missed the fact that Jesus was the Messiah and how could they not figure it out? But if you understand that things that we take for granted because we've been raised with the Bible and with the stories and, and with those things, were brand new to them, and and it was so radical for their time. And Jesus was doing things that, and saying things that were unheard of back then. And I I feel you know just the studies that I have done that I think that I think the disciples walked around with their mouths open and were bewildered and befuddled and intrigued by this man who came and um, caused all this this chaos and this excitement, uh, but they really didn't get it um, until way into the journey. So, so talking that about how they didn't get it because, and, and we, well, how could they be so stupid? But we take it for <laughs> granted because we, we, we've heard the stories for 2000 years as a people, obviously, and throughout our lives as individuals. Um, and we know the ending. And we know the ending. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we do know the ending. So thinking about that, though, what what have you found personally to be the benefit of look, coming diving into the, the, the depth of the, the historical background, the cultural context, things like that? Why has that been helpful? How has that been helpful for you? Just having the background, um, just in the Gospel of Mark, when it talks about um, Jesus being baptized by John in the Jordan River. And, you know, when you first glance through that, okay, he was baptized in the Jordan River, no big deal. Um, but I think what's interesting is that, number one, um, and Dr. Bergwald, you're going to have to help me with some of the terminology, okay. but but number one, one of the things that I think is so cool is that the Jordan River is where they um, Joshua brought the Israelites over into the promised land. Moses didn't make it, so Joshua brought them over. Right. Through the Jordan River, that's the same place that Jesus was baptized. Right. And then, digging a little bit deeper, you find out that the name Jesus was a common name back there, and it meant... Joshua. Joshua. Yep. And so when you have 
those little nuggets of information that go with there, it just makes you stop and go, wow, this is, there's something bigger here that, you know, you can really see the bigger plan. God's, how it, God's, the story of salvation coming down and how it's all connected. And so why do you think, why is that so fascinating, do you think? Be, because it it takes the focus from a very small point in time and it backs it up and you can see the promises that God made throughout the history of salvation and throughout time and how everything happened for a purpose and everything happened for a reason and there was something God was doing something very specific and he was he was pointing us in the direction to the point in time where Jesus arrived and it was all very purposeful there was no accident and and yeah I think from because I've I, I'm having I'm having present tense the same experience and the same shock and awe if you will mm-hmm. uh, about just I, 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 probably it's very similar to what you just said it, as I'm seeing this and seeing how it just Intricate is the word that comes yes. to my mind, and and just the beauty, um, and and you're 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 a sower. I mean, I, th- I think of a like a like a a finely woven or finely sewn tapestry or something, yeah. where when you look closely, you see all these little detail, or or a beautiful painting or portrait by a master. When you when you examine, you, you just see from a, from a distance or at a first glance, wow, that's really beautiful. That's impressive. Cool. But then when you look closer and there's somebody who's an expert on this painting right? and they start pointing out all these little details to you, it's just, there's something about how all those, it all ties together. And so with scripture, uh, when you see all these connections and how it all fits, it's like this intricate, like 3D puzzle. Exactly. And, 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 and just marveling at, at God's, wisdom and his beauty and the beauty of of this plan that he's woven together well and for me it solidifies the fact that um scripture is divinely inspired Mm -hmm. i mean because every word in it as you dig into it and do the research and go back to the original language and you and you learn about the culture and what was going on and the politics and and the different things that are going on um Everything in there makes sense if you know, if you step back and look at the big picture and then dig in, there are no accidents right. in there. There right. are no um, unintended words or, or words that are not necessary that are in there. Everything makes sense. And and so for me, it just solidifies that this is this is God writing to us. This is divinely inspired. And, and, it, and it is even more, it's as relevant now as it was then. So I'm going to come back to that. My, my question is going to be, well, I want you to say more about that. Why is it relevant today? Uh, but first, just to sort of, it, that, that's another thing that's, that's, that's fascinating to me. So the events themselves that scripture tell us, um, it, it's, it's incredible how you've got this, this, again, sort of this 3D puzzle is the, the metaphor that's coming to mind now. So just in terms of the history itself, what God did in history is, is amazing and astounding. And then how he inspired these these authors of the Bible to write their accounts of those historical realities, and, and some of them are uneducated. Right, right, right. So 
um, the author of so the the gospel that reading on Sundays this liturgical year um, from the second gospel, Mark's gospel. Mark, as far as we know, was not, Luke was we believe Luke was um, a physician and so on. Matthew had been a tax collector. He's probably educated. Mark. We don't know that he had any great scholarly background, and yet he write. And that's the interesting thing. Um, we, we've talked about this with with some people uh, at work. How how Mark um, for a long time, Mark was sort of seen as you know almost a lesser gospel in a sense. Not nearly as many commentaries written on him um, in the early church and the medieval period, um, seen as just a summary and so on. And yet, Mark, uh, despite maybe not being um, scholar and so on has really uh, has he really wrote a, a beautiful story that's got far more detail in it than we initially realize exactly so so um well I'll, I'll come back to that too the question i just asked you a moment <laughs> of the relevancy so you you had said it's as relevant today as it was then prove it Pro- <laughs> in your own life why, why do you say that um, explain that well, there are so many things. Um, right now, I'm working on a project um, for for a, a talk that I'm giving um, about suffering. And um, as I'm doing the research and finding scripture that's relevant to suffering, or, or not relevant to suffering, but basically trying to figure out what does God say about suffering mm-hmm. and what is, um, there's always this, why do we have to suffer? Um, the answers are in the Bible. And and while, you know, in, in Corinthians, um, Paul is talking to the people of Corinth and, and all of these things and trying to encourage them and to help them to grow and stay strong, what he is telling them that applied to them specifically during that time when they were being persecuted is so relevant to us and that there is a, a purpose for suffering and it's redemptive and and that applies that applies to us today. Right. Okay. Um, so basically we're able to look at things that Paul, in the example you gave, Paul wrote about what's going on in, in, in Corinth in the first century and Paul's words to them then were, are applicable to us in our life circumstance today. Correct. What else? Any <laughs> other thoughts? Why else is the Bible relevant? Um, for me, it's because I don't have all the answers about life's questions and and um, our world is full of anxiety and um, confusion and chaos and um, and I and I think if you talk to most anybody, you would hear the same that this is not how it should be and that there are a lot of unhappy people out there. And, and for me, scripture provides the answers. It's, it, it's the guide. It tells us how we should live. It tells us the rules that we should follow. It tells us, um, there are 365 passages in the Bible that tells, tell us, do not worry. Mm. That's 365 ways God has told us to don't worry, Mm -hmm. trust him. Right. That's one for every day of the year. Right. I don't think that's accident. Right. <laughs> no, probably not. Okay, so so it's it's relevant. Um, we we see this plan. On the other hand, many people, um, and I'm I'm curious if this would include yourself or not. Uh, many people tr- 
try to read the Bible and they find it, well, some things make sense and are, you know, you can understand what's being said. Other things are completely incomprehensible. And so a lot of people, you know, classic example that's given, a lot of people make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to read the Bible. And they start in Genesis. Yes. And they stop in Leviticus. And why is that? Because you get to Leviticus and it's all genealogy and it becomes really, really dry. <laughs> so my, my, my extra credit for you, question for you to, to think about a little bit is, why did God inspire Leviticus? But for now, that's the extra credit question. Okay. Um, so, so what's your recommendation to somebody who's, listen, I tried to read the Bible once and I got to Leviticus and I quit. For me personally, I have learned through the years that I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. Okay. Um, I need to find a good resource or a group of people to read it with that can help talk about it. Um, and um, I, I journal. I, I'm one of those terrible people that writes in my Bible to help me remember <laughs> things later. What? Um, it, for me, I'm... But I think that's the beauty of the Catholic Church is um, we don't have to interpret a lot of that alone. The early church writers have got some beautiful things on on Scripture, and um, the catechism is a beautiful place um, to go and look for um, further instruction on what's in Scripture. Um, but I but I have learned that for me to just pick it pick it up and try to do it on my own. Um, it may be helpful, um, but for me personally, I was never content to do that right. on my own. So, so if you're, if 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 Jane Catholic in Eastern South Dakota is listening right now, and Jane um, belongs to a small parish, not a lot of interest in Bible study in her parish. In light of what you just said, what would you what would you recommend? What would some recommendations be for you to do? I would, there are, um, I would suggest that you find some good Catholic um, Bible studies that are out there. There are some ones that you, there are some, and Dr. Bergwald, you probably gave me some that um, I started with. Start with one book. Start with with the Gospel of John. Um, start with one book, find a good study that goes al- along with it that provides some background information and ask some um, reflection questions and start there. And, and don't, um, you know, there's 73 books in that, in that cover from cover to cover. Um, it's, it's like eating an elephant. Don't eat it all at one time. Take a small bite, start with the Gospel of John, and find a good study to go with it. Yep, um, and I, I would uh, highly recommend, there's a series of commentaries on the New Testament, at least. It's not complete yet, but there is a commentary on John and Mark and, and Matthew as well so far. Luke is coming out next year. It's the Catholic Commentary on Sacred Scripture. And uh, so there is a, a, excellent. a comment. Great, it's a great series, um, and, and there is one on John's Gospel. Um. Any other recommendations? Uh, I would always recommend um, find a community of believers. Um, even if you don't do a, a Bible study, if that's something that you're more comfortable doing on your own, um, but build a community of, of people who um, are on the same journey, interested in the same thing. Um, find a Paul, which is somebody who can guide you, somebody that can offer advice and encouragement. Um, 
the the whole beauty of the Catholic faith is we don't have to do this on our own. Right. And we are called to continue to grow, and we are are called to continue to learn about our faith. And and there is so much there; it's so rich that we'll never learn it all in our lifetime. Um, but there's but you don't have to do it on your own. It's a lot more fun to do it with with people, even if it's just one other people, and you um, talk about a book or or a scripture or the gospel reading for Sunday or just can start small. And, 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 and to me, the beauty of, of doing that with more than one person is those insights that the Lord places on our heart that we share then that, you know, for whatever reason, he gives an insight to you and not to me. And so you're right. able to share. Um, and, and I have that, uh, that occurs on a regular basis. Right. And, and, and I think it's another beautiful way of, of, identifying how it's relevant today because there might be a certain passage that um, you you really aren't understand it doesn't really apply to you but when you talk to a friend and like you said you listen to their interpretation of it or what uh, how it applies to their life it it's it becomes real obvious that it's relevant so we've got about two and a half minutes Leviticus what's uh what's your what's your take on Leviticus <laughs> why, <laughs> why do you think God inspired Leviticus all these ritual laws all these uh, genealogy numbers in particular, like numbers and Leviticus and numbers both have a lot of. Uh. Well, um, what I have been instructed, I don't, I'm not a theologian or, or anything, but what my understanding is, is that all of the prophets said that the Messiah would come from the line of David. Mm-hmm. And so genealogy was very, very important back then to keep track of because the Messiah was coming through the line of David. So they were very adamant about keeping track of that line. And even, I think, in, in general, just who I am is so... Today, we're very individualistic. Um, Family was po- important. <clears throat> deeply important. Mm-hmm. So so w- w- you knew a lot about who I was by where I came from, ancestrally speaking. Um, yeah, and, and, and the... And the and these were God's chosen people. So they were, they were a people set apart and, right. and very important. And so there was, like you said, there's pride in that being part of that. So uh, we've got about a minute left. Why should somebody read the Bible? 30 seconds. <laughs> to draw closer to God, to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think there's something that we, we both, that we can come into living contact with the living God when we study his living word. It's where he speaks to us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an important thing. We didn't really get into a lot, but really praying is it's, you don't just study it the way you study some piece of literature. No, it's not like you study chemistry or mathematics. It's, right. It's, it's, it's prayerful and intentional. So the, that, that sense of that recognition of how it comes alive comes as a result of praying with and through it. Absolutely. That's the only way. Yeah. So this is this is I, I hope this has been helpful. Again, as you said, you're not an expert. No, I am not. I'm just an average Catholic woman <laughs> who's deeply in love with Scripture. Who's deeply in love with Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Renee. Yep. And that wraps up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet us sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition if you've got any thoughts, questions, or topics for future episodes, ideas, questions about today's episode. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.